Good morning, everyone. I want you to know that I've been praying for you and your families during this time of social distancing, and I'm looking forward to getting us all back together again. Uh, this past Thursday, I was in a meeting with the mayor, some city leaders, and some medical professionals, along with other pastors in the community, and we're all prayerfully considering how to bring us uh, back into our churches in a, a responsible way. Um, and so just be uh, tuned in for a future announcement on that. We're, we're kind of hoping to hear back from Governor Abbott, I believe on the 18th. Um, and at that point, we will know whether we're going forward or backwards or whether we can start and at what level we can start. So I, I hope to give you a little bit more information on that soon. Uh, but I, I do thank you for faithfully tuning in every week and joining us online. I'm standing today in the kitchen of our old building. We call it The Well. And this is the original building where Living Water got its start. Uh, this kitchen is a special place to me and I know to a lot of other people because for several years uh, we had breakfast fellowship on Sunday mornings uh, before the services. Um, and every Sunday there were a team of people, men and women, who would wake up early and they would come to this church and they would prepare a huge spread of a meal for the entire church to eat. And we'd feed anywhere from 100 to 150 people every week. And I got to tell you that some great quality relationships were built around the breakfast table. So this is special for me. And I'm in this kitchen because I felt like it was a great backdrop for me to share what God has placed on my heart for us today. A couple of weeks ago, I began a new series called Blank Space. And the idea of that is, is during this time of social distancing, uh, there are many things that we were doing a little over a month ago that we're not able to do right now. And it's like we've been given this huge uh, blank space or this extra margin um, in our life to do things differently. And what I thought would be a great opportunity for us is to look at this season and reorganize or reevaluate what are priorities to us. And so the first week we talked about the number one priority, and that is that God needs to be number one in our life. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things that we concern ourselves with, all of our needs that are earthly or material, non-eternal, He said He'll take care of those. If we mind His business, He'll mind our business. And then last week, I talked about the importance of sharing our faith to the next generation. Joshua instructed the leaders as they went through the River Jordan to grab some stones and to build a memorial on the other side of the Jordan. And the purpose for that memorial was that in the future generations, as they walked by those stones, they would look at them and say, Hey, Dad, what does that mean? What is the purpose of this memorial or these stones? And the dad is a perfect opportunity for dad or mom to say, Oh, let me tell you what God did for us at this place. So we talked about setting some new habits in our lives that might help us have these little prompts or cues in order for our children to ask, hey, mom, dad, why do we pray? Why do we go to church? Why do we do this or that? And it's an opportunity for us to share our faith uh, with the next generation. Well, today I want to talk to you about the, the importance of serving other people. Now, why do you feel like that's an important thing or a priority um, in this time? See, the temptation is... For me, I know it is, is the case, and I know for many other people, the temptation is in a time of crisis, or if we see a crisis coming on, uh, the temptation is for us to roll up the sidewalks, close the windows and the doors, get everybody in. No one goes in, no one goes out. We just kind of batten down the hatches, and like a mother hen, she gathers the chicks under her wings, and we just wait out the storm. That's the temptation. I know that's the way I felt initially, and I can tell you that I know how it's many, that's how many other people felt too. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because I've been to Walmart. And if you know what I mean, you go to Walmart, and maybe this, is, this happened to you. I had some people that confessed that. You know, I went to Walmart just to get a, a pack of toilet paper, you know, just to make sure we had enough. 
And then as soon as I came around the aisle and I saw three or four other people in there loading their carts up, I don't know what happened. Something came over me and I walked out of there with a whole lot more toilet paper than what I intended on purchasing. Uh, the point is, is I think that when we see a crisis coming, we tend to go into protective mode or we go into batten down the hatches mode. And the reason I brought that up and the reason I think it's important for us, especially in a time of, uh, of a pandemic or a, an emergency or a crisis, is to not focus on our own needs, but to also focus on the needs of others. This is one of those commands in Scripture that doesn't go on pause just because we're going through a time of, of difficulty. Um, we are to be His hands and His feet even in a time of, of, of disaster or even a time of social distancing um, and pandemics. Um, and so now Jesus was on his way to the cross. This is at the end of his ministry. And he's on his way to the cross. And in that context, two different times he speaks on this subject of serving other people. Now, you just got to think about this for a moment. Jesus is wrapping up his ministry. He's done a lot of amazing things already. And he chose towards the end of his ministry career, before he goes to the cross, to speak on the subject of serving other people. I think that's significant. And so if you want to join me in your Bibles, I'm going to be in Mark chapter 10, and I'll look at John 13 and another passage in Philippians. But in Mark chapter 10, Jesus and his disciples are walking along, and it says that John and James, these two sons of Zebedee, they approach Jesus, and they say, hey Jesus, we want you to do us a favor. When you set up your kingdom, see they thought he was going to set up a physical kingdom, and when you set up that kingdom, we want you to do us a favor and let us sit at the places of honor to your left and to your right. And Jesus says to them, Hey, are you willing to drink of the cup of suffering and to be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to go through? Oh yeah, Jesus, we can do that. And he says, You will indeed drink the cup of suffering and you will be baptized with the baptism that I will be baptized with. But to, to, to say you can sit wherever you want to sit, that's not up to me, that's up to my Father. And he goes on to say in verse 41, When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. They were furious. So Jesus called them together and said, You know the rulers of this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. So he's saying in the, in the world that we live in, it's, it's a normal procedure for those that are in authority to lord it over their people and to flaunt that authority. Um, and he says, But it's going to be different with you. Why? They're disciples. They're followers of Jesus Christ. And he says, We're going to live differently than the world. He says, but among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be a slave of everyone else. In verse 45, this is the kicker for me. It says, for even the Son of Man, this is a, a title that Jesus had for himself. Jesus is speaking of himself. He says, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Just consider who's speaking. This is Jesus. If anybody is worthy of being served, it's Jesus. And so Jesus is saying, hey, even I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. And he's modeling that for the disciples. He's modeling that for you and me. And a second time he spoke of this on their way to Jerusalem, on his way to his crisis or his cross, is in John uh, chapter 13. You know, this is another familiar story. It's in the upper room. And from here, I think Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record uh, that Jesus goes, he predicts Peter's denial, and immediately they go to pray in the garden, and then he's betrayed, and, and then that, that chain of events begins to unroll that leads us to the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. So this is definitely at the end of his ministry. In the upper room, 
The Bible says Jesus knowing that all authority was given to him and because he came from the Father and he would be returning to the Father, he did something very unique. He picked up a towel. He took off his outer robe. He put a towel around his waist. It says he got a basin of water and he began to wash the disciples' feet. It's not abnormal that someone would wash feet. That was normal in those days. So what was abnormal about it was who was doing the feet washing. It was Jesus. And so naturally, Peter says, you're not going to wash my feet. I mean, we need to wash your feet. And Jesus said, unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Of course, you know the story. Peter says, then in that case, wash me all over. And Jesus said, you don't, you don't need to be washed all over, just your feet. So the reality is, in, in their day, they walked a lot of dusty streets. And it was just simply hospitality when someone would come into your home that you would offer a basin for them to clean their feet from the dusty roads. Now, typically, it was the youngest in the family or a slave or somebody's job to do that. And so Jesus was modeling for them what servant leadership looked like. And Jesus picks up a towel and he begins to wash their feet. Now think about it for just a minute. Jesus uh, walked on the water. He calmed the raging storm. He healed the blind, the deaf, the mute. He cast out demons. He fed the 5,000 with a happy meal, five loaves and two fish. Jesus did some amazing things. And yet Jesus said, this is something that he wanted us to get. He modeled it for them in the upper room because it was extremely important to him. And so Jesus goes on to say, after washing their feet, this is in verse 12 of chapter 13, after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and he sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Listen to this, verse 15, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are no greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Did you hear that? There is a blessing that is associated with serving other people. It says, now that you know these things, follow my lead, follow my example. And when you serve other people, God blesses us for doing so. Servanthood is so important in our lives. It was important for Jesus to teach it to us, to model it for us. Um, and it's just something I think that we need to grab a hold of. In fact, I would say in Proverbs eleven twenty five it says, um, He who waters is himself watered. Another version says, He who refreshes others is himself refreshed. And man, that's so true. I've seen times whenever we quit focusing on our own needs and our own uh, personal issues and we focus on the needs of other people and we put their needs ahead of our needs. There's just something about that that is refreshing to us. And that's what Proverbs says, whoever refreshes someone, they themselves will be refreshed. There's a blessing associated with serving others. Now, the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 2 has an encouraging passage of Scripture that I want to share with us as well. In verse 1 of chapter 2, it says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. In verse 3, he says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. And verse 4 says, don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. He's saying, let's, let's have the same mind and attitude 
that Christ had. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. He wants us to understand the importance, uh, the priority of serving other people, even in the midst of a crisis. Like I said, when we're in the middle of a crisis, the temptation is to kind of circle the wagons and to protect ourselves and just kind of wait for the storm to pass over. But it's a perfect opportunity for Christians to stand up in the midst of chaos, in the midst of a tragedy, in the midst of social distancing, and still be the hands and the feet of Jesus in uncertain times. So how do we do that? Well, i got two suggestions for you. Number one is we look up. Now, two reasons we look up. Number one is when we're looking down, we're looking at our own needs. We're looking at our own family. We're looking at our own well-being. And so we need to sometimes just look up to change our focus. We need to take our focus off of us and our needs and look up and just see uh, that there are many opportunities around us um, to focus on other than our, ourselves. So we, we look up, number one, to just change our focus. And secondly, I think we look up to look to God and ask Him for direction in this matter. And what do I mean by that? Um, I can't tell you how many times I would uh, be on my phone and I'd be scrolling through the contact list. And, and I would say, God, who do I need to encourage today? Who needs to hear from me today? Who do I need to pray for today? And I would just begin to scroll through my contacts, and he would just reveal to me, like, call that person there. And I would just pick the phone up and say, hey, I just want you to know I'm thinking about you today, and, and how's everything going? Encourage them, and then can I pray for you? And then spend a moment praying for them, and almost always I would get the response, you don't know how much I needed that today. So look up. Ask God for direction. I believe and I'm confident that He will show you who it is that you need to touch or reach out to or minister to. Um, he'll, he'll make your paths cross out in the community. Um, he may make the phone ring. You're like, wow, that's crazy. I was just thinking about this person. Just look to Him for inspiration and for direction um, as you do that. And the second thing that we can do or how we can do this is to reach out. Now, I know that we're in a time of social distancing, and so that's limited. There are certain things we just are not supposed to do right now. But I'm so thankful that we live in a day and an age where we can access technology and use it to our advantage. Uh, and so we can digitally be the hands and the feet of Jesus in this time. And I want to challenge you just to, to, to look for those opportunities. And it may be a text. It may be a phone call. It may be an instant messenger. It may be an email. It may be FaceTime. Just ask God to reveal someone to you and just... Take that step and pick up the phone and reach out to them. And listen, just, to, just for, for reference, I would say if someone says, hey, I'm really struggling right now and I'd love for you all to pray for me about whatever it is that they're, they're needing, um, stop right there and say, can I pray for you right now? And just pray for them in that moment. Um, you just can't believe how much of an encouragement that could be for them. Um, so reach out digitally. Let's be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Here's another thing that's cool is if you hear of someone else that's having some financial difficulties, maybe they need groceries, maybe they're needing some rent paid or their car payment is about, their car's about to get repoed, whatever, but you hear of an opportunity to minister to someone like that financially, man, you can get on your phone and cash app people money. It's so cool. I had a friend that cash apped me a dollar the other day and he just simply said, thanks for being my friend. He said, now you can go get a drink. So that's pretty cool. But um, you can send people money digitally and help them in their time of need. We can do that easily from our social distancing. Um, physically, there's other ways that we can also be the hands and the feet of Jesus and we can serve other people. You may have a widow or a widower that lives down the street from you. 
Uh, you may have a, a single mom with kids and it's just going through a tough time right now. You may have people around you that you could reach out to and minister to them. Deliver groceries, go knock on the door and through the door say, is there anything I can do to help you out? Um, maybe, here's a great one. Mom, dad, you got some healthy kids and you look down the road to an elderly person that's not mowed their yard yet because they're scared to get out because they're you know, being contained in their home and quarantined. Uh, man, go mow their yard. And when they open the door and say, what are you doing? Just say, hey, I wanted to bless you today. I can't, I can't begin to tell you how awesome that is and how much of a blessing it will return to you for doing so. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. So, so what about you? How does this look for you? What, what can you do today to serve other people? I believe it blesses God's heart. I believe He wants us to be intentional there, to take the focus off of our own needs, our own selves, and focus on what He would want for us uh, to do in this time of social distancing. And when this is all over, and this has passed us by, maybe we've set some rhythm in our lives, and there's certain things that we can still continue to do uh, beyond COVID-19. We can donate some unused items that we have to shelters and the places that receive those goods and help other people. Um, you can volunteer in some parachurch ministry. You're like, I just want to get involved in, in, in serving other people. Another thing that's great is you can include your family in this and maybe go serve at a local mission, go serve at a, a soup kitchen, kitchen, or maybe even serve on a, a mission trip or mission project. I was reminded this morning of one, one time when I took my oldest son with me to the Randall County Jail. There was a young man who did his time and he was being released and he had nowhere to go, no money, uh, and no ride to get where he needed to go. In fact, I think he had a place to go, he just didn't have a ride to get there. Um, and, and so I thought, you know, I'm going to take my oldest son with me. Um, and, and I had a kind of a, a hidden agenda in that as well. Parents, you might understand this, but I wanted him to see what it looked like to reach out and to serve other people. Um, again, that's one of those prompts and cues where they might ask, why are we doing this? It's a great opportunity to say, this is what God wants us to do. But I thought it'd be good for him to see us helping someone else. But secretly, as a parent, I wanted him to be scared straight by going into a jail and, and seeing what all that looked like there. And uh, it worked. Uh, so anyways, you might find a way that you can reach out um, even after COVID-19 by volunteering, uh, by serving, or by donating goods. I mean, there's just tons of uh, different ways that we might be able to do that. Uh, but here's, here's my conviction. One day, uh, and this is a sobering thought, by the way, one day we will all stand before God. Now think about that for just a moment. I know for some it brings fear. For some it's kind of exciting to know that one day we get to see the one that made it all possible. But the reality is, is one day we will all stand before the author and the finisher of our faith. One day we will stand and hold account or be accountable for our lives. And it's in that moment, I, I kind of hope to hear, um, because of our servanthood, um, Jesus maybe say something like this, Hey Shane, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was in prison and you visited me. And I might say, Jesus, when were you ever in prison? Jesus, when were you hungry or thirsty and, and how did I, I do that? And to hear him say, and the familiar passage, I know you, you understand where I'm coming from with this, is to hear him say, listen, when you did it to one of the least of these brethren of mine, you did it to me. Did you catch that? We serve God by serving others. When we serve other people, he's saying it's as though you're serving him. I can't think of anything greater than that. And then also to hear uh, those words that we long to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. In this time, let us not forget the importance, not only of making God number one in our life, passing our faith on to the next generation, but this important priority of serving each other. Will you pray with me? 
Heavenly Father, I thank You for the example in Scripture. And I thank You that Jesus saw the need for us to get this, even towards the end of His ministry, to instruct us in the importance of servanthood. And I just ask that You would help us in this season of uncertainty, in this time when we're tempted to kind of to draw up and to withdraw from the world, but You would help us to look up and see the opportunities that are in front of us. And Lord, there are many people that are watching that, that are going to have different circumstances than I do, and they're going to see different people than I, that I may never see or may, may never even be in contact with. And so I pray, Father, that You would inspire us, encourage us to see the importance, the benefit of serving other people. Uh, Lord, it's what You want from us. You set that as an example and You command us. There's so many one another verses in the Bible. Love one another, serve one another, bear one another's burdens, and so on and so forth. And so, Father, I ask that You would inspire us, encourage us, um, to reach out to be the hands and the feet of Jesus to the world that is around us. Lord, for your honor and for your glory, I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, listen, I, I hope that you're challenged. I know I have been in this series and during this time, actually. Um, but just to reprioritize some of these things in our lives. And my hope, as I said before, and I use the Zig Ziglar quote, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. So my hope is in this blank space time is to look at a target and say, how can I be more intentional when it comes to my walk with God, when it comes to my family, when it comes to serving other people? In fact, I think that you can summarize the whole Bible in that statement. Love God, love others, serve others. So I hope you have a great week, and I hope you look for opportunities to reach out and to be the hands and the feet of Jesus during this time. In the meantime... And just keep your chin up and know that God's got this thing in control, under control. And uh, no matter what we walk through, we know that He is with us. And that is all the encouragement that I need. And I just want to honor Him in my life. Hopefully you do as well. So God bless you. Thanks for, again for tuning in. We love you and we're praying for you. And we look forward to seeing you again soon. Is it still recording? Yeah. Okay. Welcome to Living Waters edition of Chopped. <laughs> that work? Yeah. All right. <laughs>